Welcome back to the eHunter podcast, everybody. Stoked to be back with you guys on another podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying these. Had some fun ones lately and uh, really excited this time to have uh, my pard back. Seth, what's up, buddy? Hey, Night Shift finally gave me up so I could come back. It's about <laughs> freaking time, dude. Jeez. So, yeah, yeah. so tell the people, where, where you been, dude? Uh, so I had to cover a position at work, my day job. Not my so I mean it pays the bills. It's not the fun job like E Hunter is, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I had to cover a guy uh, that was a little over a month of covering him, and and my family got strep throat and COVID all in that mix. So uh, we've been down and out and battling, but uh, we're I'm I'm back. <laughs> nice dude, it's good to have you back. It's been it's been a little bit lonely and been hard I, to, yeah. to do podcast by my by myself, but. Uh, no, we've we've got some good podcasts. In fact, I'm we've we've had a little bit of a lull, but I you know got some really good ones coming up. Got got a lot of fun stuff going on or coming up soon. We got TAC coming up. Um, are you doing the Mountain Archery Fest? I was going to ask you that before we hit record. Uh, what I can't remember. When is the one in uh, Beaver? Is that uh, the one it's in coming Beaver? up June. Let me look here. Um, it's 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 this month. I know. I've but got I, I've got one thing that might mess it up that's why i'm hoping it's not the same week it's the weekend of june 25th it looks like oh no of course it is so. <laughs> uh, i'm taking my daughter to a concert so oh, cool. i will not be i will not be doing that but yeah oh dang dang that, that'll be uh that'll be a fun that's one in beaver they did the one in soldier hollow uh last weekend so yep. um i think my buddy well i know uh my buddy tyler went up there and I think he probably won it again. I mean, that kid, he's <laughs> ridiculous. In fact, I think he did another, or is doing another shoot this weekend in Nevada. And he's crazy, man. It's, I wish I could shoot a bow like him. I guess maybe if I shot yeah. more than once every six months, I probably could do it. But <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start shooting with my cousin here down in, uh, Hurricane. The, the, they've got the, what targets and kind of a mini course, like yeah, a micro ramp course. Yeah. Yeah, the 3D. I'm going to start shooting it. I think we're going to try to shoot it every Wednesday um, going forward until the bow hunt starts. So nice. Nice. I've got the tag. I've got tag coming up in next month. So we're going to be out there the, the nice. 7th and, let's see, 7th and 8th of July. Mm -hmm. I believe we're, we're out at the Sunlight Mountain Ski Resort in Glenwood Springs doing tag. Mm -hmm. So stoked about that that's one. Cool. So. That's that's a cool place. Oh man, it's such a love, pretty place. Love, yeah, I love Glenwood Springs going through there. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Have you ever been up to that that Sunlight Mountain Resort? I haven't. I've just drove through it twice uh, through Glenwood twice. Oh, and, gotcha. Geez. Yeah, just yeah. to look at it and drive around. It's awesome place. Yeah, it's it's such a pretty one. I haven't been up for a couple of years. I, I mean, I've been through Glenwood. I I go through there all the time, but haven't been up to right. to the actual resort for a couple of years for tack and. Uh, I've, I've had to miss out the last couple times, but super stoked to get up there again this year. And all oh, those guys are going to kick my butt. You know, I, like I said, those, those guys shoot all the time. <laughs> the, the, the guys that I go with. Um, so we always do like a, a mini competition. It, they got serious this year, by the way. Holy smokes, man. I, I got the, we have like this seating that we have to, I've got to shoot like a target in my backyard to see where my seating falls. And I'm like, dude, I just put me in at sixth place because I, there's no way I'm keeping yeah, up with you yeah. guys. Put me, put me in as as rookie hunter. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's like they're <laughs> like they're so they're competing in like they're kind of doing what Tyler does. They're competing in competitions and all that. And so I'm like, I'm just lucky to hit the yeah. target. I, you know, I'm I'm not out there winning yeah. money, but no, it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm excited about that. So um, got a lot of fun stuff coming up that we'll do some some podcasts on. And so hopefully you guys enjoy that. And uh, if you guys are at any of these events uh reach out to us would love to to chat with you and get to know you a, a little bit better so um yeah super stoked about that so before we jump into the podcast today we want to as always give a shout out um to the people that make this whole thing possible we'll start with onyx maps uh great guys over there uh, honestly guys if you're using any kind of mapping system yep. use onyx i mean there, there really is nothing better they're, they're about as perfect as you can get so yep not not just for hunting either i mean I dropped a bunch of pins on uh, fishing locations uh, this weekend. So nice. It, this, this spot looks good. This spot doesn't. 
looked so good. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Very so, nice. Yep. Yeah, it's I, I use it for for everything. So yeah, Onyx, and, and we appreciate them helping us out. I mean, a lot of this stuff wouldn't be possible without without companies like them, and so so we're grateful for them. And and maybe you know, stick around. We'll uh, we'll give another membership away at the end of the podcast. Um, hook you guys up, man. We should hook them up with an elite one, shouldn't we? Should we? Yeah, I mean that would be a, that'd be a pretty good uh, incentive to to stick around. Yeah, I think we should <laughs> do that. Elite. I mean, if you don't have an elite membership, because you guys, I mean, if you have an elite membership, it's not just on X that you get. You get the hunt reminder. Yeah. You get hunt and fool. I mean, you get a top, lo- top rut. Top rut. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff yep. that comes along with that. So, um, yeah, discounts and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we're all kind of kind of partnered together, and so uh, if you have that elite membership, you, it's a pretty sweet hookup. So, uh, yeah, stick around in the show. We'll uh, we'll give away one uh, for kicks and giggles. So. Also want to thank yeah. Vortex Optics. Appreciate them and their support. They've been a longtime supporter of us. If you guys didn't listen to my last podcast, I did a kind of a top 10 list for, uh, hunt, of hunting gear for Western hunts. And a big part of that is a lot of products from, from Vortex. And not just because Vortex is a sponsor, but because those are the, the stuff that's the stuff that you need if you're coming out west to go hunting and so check that out but check out vortex optics um vortexoptics.com and uh they have a lot of awesome awesome stuff spent a lot of time behind that that really good glass so you need you need to quit hating on my 18s i heard that podcast <laughs> i listened to it oh hey. well i don't like the big binoculars i, I take out my spotting scope instead so uh, how often when you're uh, wa- hiking through the mountains do you carry those 18s on your chest? Uh, not on my yeah, chest. Never, in my never, backpack yeah. with my with yeah. my with my tripod. Yeah. Just like you're you're carrying your spotting scope. Oh, if I'm how not, often do you pull your spotting uh, scope out? All the time. So there you go. I pull my 18s out all the time, but I carry them in my backpack with this. They they are my spotting scope because yeah. I got really bad eye fatigue was the main thing. Yeah. So and that's the thing I, and i i think i talked about that but yeah if you, it, it is it's very fatiguing to look <laughs> through a spotting skull for very long i just like it because you get the extra power you also get the extra yeah. you know the mil, the big the big bell the big objective on it so you get a lot more light and you can just see so much better with them so yeah i mean honestly can you go wrong with either one no yeah, okay no, i get it okay. you 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 like to not hike as far like with my 18s, I have to close the gap a little bit. Exactly. You can sit up on the hill. And, yeah. <laughs> and then when we're scouting together, then you're like, hey, I can't tell what this is through my 18s. Will you pull out your spotting scope and tell me what this is? No. So no, I think you I said just, that a few times during like, your pronghorn hunt last year. No, I just run like 500 yards up on the hill further. <laughs> <laughs> you do too. <laughs> Dang it, that was fun. I wish you had that tag again. That was a blast. Uh, I wish I had killed one. Yeah. Stinking animal freaking crazy things it's hard with a they're bow just, man it's it's really they're hard. just lucky i didn't have a rifle or yeah. a muzzleloader even oh. i got so close i'd have smoked them with a muzzleloader a oh, bunch of times easy easy even with the old even with the old percussion cap that i've got yeah i you, was within 100 yards a bunch of times could have killed 20 of them mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's why it's bow hunting man that's right bow hunting sucks so but it's it a blast it's, it's it was it's so much fun. fun but it does so. suck <laughs> And you get to go bow hunting again this year, archery hunting again this year. You drew your archery tag here in Utah. Congratulations. I, I did, and I'll be assisting uh, a guy, my cousin, who drew a limited entry deer tag. Nice. And I may possibly be assisting my wife's cousin, who drew a muzzleloader big bull tag. So Nice, dude. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, yeah, and I did draw my my Colorado tag, my Colorado deer tag. So the group, my my crew, will be going to Colorado again this year. So I'm jealous. I'm I jealous. Know. I wish I was going. I know, <laughs> dude. I'm I'm sorry. They, Seth just told me some uh, some statistics before we got on on this <laughs> podcast, and I'm really I'm bummed for you, dude. Like that's that's terrible. It, so it hurt my heart. I shouldn't even have looked. I should have yeah. just been like, you know what. I didn't draw. I'm not going to worry about it. So that's what I need to text Tyson because he just sent me the uh, the numbers for my elk hunt here in Utah. And I should be like, dude, just <laughs> just don't even tell me what they are. I don't even want to know what they are. That's worse, I think, than mine. Like being real close and not drawing is one thing, but to think you're close and not be close, that's yeah. a different ball of wax. Yeah, that's a that's a straight up kick in the something. You know what? So. Yeah, you should have <laughs> you should have just done mud loader. I try to tell you these things. I know. <laughs> 
Well, he's trying to get me to do archery, so. Yeah, I don't. Maybe if the dates were a little different. I mean, really, truthfully, you're going to have like seven really good. Yeah. Well, in theory, seven really good days, and then that's it with a bow. That's hard to get it done. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's really tough to get it done. I mean, he, he got it done on his, and he saw a lot of elk and had, <laughs> excuse me, had a lot of fun. But, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Again, I don't shoot my bow as much as I probably should. I guess if I had that tag in my pocket, I, I sure, I, I'd probably be shooting you a would. lot yeah, I'm sure you more. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's the case. Yeah. So, but. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, congratulations to all those that, that drew tags. I think most of the results are are, are out. And um, so let us know what you guys got. Leave a comment below. Let us know what you're hunting, where you're hunting. Um, and let us be excited with you. So super exciting. And time to get ready, guys. Time to start uh, putting yeah. in the work. Uh, we got a lot of podcasts talking about scouting and, you know, physical shape. You know, I did a great one with Justin Pendleton about being in physical shape and um, so check that one out, but a really good podcast that, uh, can help get you ready for the hunts that you have this year. If there, if you have a hunt you're doing this year, uh, chances are we have a podcast talking about it. So, um, check those, those out. So on today's podcast, we, we wanted to talk about some hot takes when it comes to, to hunting. And I'll be honest, I had to ask Seth what the freak a hot take was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he actually literally sent me the definition of it. So just, just so you guys know what kind of guy Seth is, that, that's the kind of guy he uh, is. But I, I, I figured I could explain it and see if he understood, or I could literally send him the Webster dictionary. Yeah, whatever. Uh, You're like, this guy's a dummy. He doesn't know no, what it no, is. No, so no, I'm no, going to no, send no, him no. this this definition. It, so he's got what it. I'm, what I took from it is you've never really got into um, sports talk radio or sports uh, ESPN or any of that, because they have them all the time on yeah. there you know, sports hot, hot takes. So. Yeah, no, I, I actually do. I listen to a lot. Actually, I listen to a lot of sports radio, sports podcasts, <laughs> stuff like that. So no, okay, I knew well, what you're, then you should be, you should be familiar then. Yeah. <laughs> they dramatize it way too much. I mean, we're going to dramatize oh, yeah. it a little bit, but, uh, right. Ours, right. I think our hot takes probably could come true and, and, and probably are true on some of them. So, you right. know, that's, our, our, I don't know if ours are hot takes or just the, the living truth. The take. The take. <laughs> the take. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's get into this, and and guys would love, or guys and gals would love to know your thoughts on these hot takes, um, your opinions on them, whether you agree with them or not, uh, whether you think some of these things will come to fruition or not, and so uh, love to hear some some feedback on these because um, we're gonna have a, a lot of fun with them. But Seth, let's kick it off because you had you had a couple of really good ones. Uh, let's kick it off with with one of yours. So you pick and and let's get started. Okay. So my first one is going to be that in the next fifteen to to twenty five years, I believe that mule deer hunting, just a general season go hunt, uh, will not be a thing anymore. I I get the feeling that mule deer in general. Uh, to get a tag will be as hard as getting a, a sheep tag or a, a limited entry bull elk tag or a, a moose tag. Um, I, I just see it going that way. I, I believe that that uh, mule deer are in, in my opinion, and a lot of the West are in dire straits. And there's a good possibility that hunting is going to end up being extremely limited. Uh, for that species so let's unpack that a little bit so okay so what does that look like because yeah remember a lot of our listeners are, are from you know eastern states or uh you know right. midwest and so they may not right. understand that so how long is that going to take and then also you know and we've talked about this in other podcasts but if you haven't listened to those what's causing you to think that like what would make you feel like that uh you know there's a, such a hurt on these mule deer that it's going to take that long to, to get a tag so i'll i'll attack the first or the the latter part of that question um i mean everywhere you look uh it seems like the west is in a really bad cycle of several years of drought which really hurts mule deer really dry conditions the fawns die they're not as robust they can't get to the water and then all of a sudden we're hit with a really bad winter or two really bad winters um pushes that population down in the past time effort has brown brought them back up what's hurting them now those cycles are still happening 
but we continue to see what I call the urbanization of the West. These vast open areas that have been vast and open for so long are starting to shrink, uh, especially on public lands or, or winter range near um, urban centers. Uh, as we encroach, vehicles encroach, uh, vehicles are driving faster than ever before, fencing isn't great. All these things lead up to more and more mule deer dying, and they don't have the habitat or the safe havens that they used to have to rebound uh, to rebound and come back up. And so I, I see a point where I don't think they're ever going to go extinct, but I, I do see a, a much more reduced population um, coming to fruition just because there's so many things affecting them, whereas... You know, the other, I would say the other keystone Western hunting species, elk, don't have to deal with that as much, especially in the winter because they're bigger and stronger. They still die from the winter. Don't get me wrong, right. but they can battle through the the snow and, and spend their time at a little higher elevation where they're not coming co- into contact with, with human expansion as much. It still affects them, but not to the level that uh, I see mule deer being affected. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sad thing is you think of all the, you know, the, these impacts that are these external influences on, on mule deer. And yeah, like you said, whether it's drought now, winter kill, you know, all the, these things yep. that they're just not built for. And, and I, I don't know, let me, I guess, let me, let me know your thoughts on this. Like, do you feel like that the DWR or the wildlife, whatever you want to call them for each state, the wildlife, uh, management yeah whatever they're called do you feel like they're doing what's necessary because you said that you don't think they're going to become extinct but you do think right. that it's going to be such a hurting that it's going to cause this you know 20 30 years to get a tag do you feel like they are doing what they need to do now to be able to avoid that or do you think it's the inevitable i think there's only so much they can do because of the ever expanding human population yeah uh they can do you know they can build fences they can try to help um, migration routes. They can do all these things, which is great. It's going to keep that species alive. Um, but I don't know if there's enough they can do. I, I think the goal is, I mean, the golden age of mule deer, everybody would argue this, but more often than not is considered to about what, 1940 to 1970. Yeah. Don't you think yeah, somewhere enough. in that range? Yep. Uh, there's some major components there of why mule deer were, were so big. One of the largest was that the West was still largely uninhabited. Yes, there were cities and towns, but there were old highways. There were slower cars. There was a massive predator poisoning program going on that we'll never get to. Like they're they're not going to go back to poison. They never will. That had an effect. It it may not have had a, a, you know, the only, if you know, it was, it wasn't the only thing, but hunters were like successful cars weren't killing them as much. There were slower speeds so they could stop and, and get out of the way of these deer. And there was just habitat. That's the biggest thing. And, and truthfully over the, at least in the West, the, the, the pattern shows that in those years, there was more moisture, not a lot more like the West has always been dry. Right. But there was enough that you saw this massive deer population explode and then slowly be whittled down to what it is today and there's always going to be fluctuation but some of that is in regards to what happens with our hunting population yeah now yes there's there's more hunters than ever before you know they'll tell you that there's more hunters than ever before but there's not more hunters in percentage in in physical number yes but hunting hunting has slowly uh been less and less popular and mm-hmm. you're seeing that in the percentages of people which is why people are trying so hard to recruit hunters but the one thing hunters do is supply money to the dnr and those places so they can try to help these animals and like i say i think they're doing what they can could they do more in certain situations sure i think everybody could but i i don't necessarily believe that they're going to be the cause that they're not doing enough, but I just don't think uh, the, the mule deer have got a stack deck. They are a, a, an animal that does not do great with uh, human 
encroachment. Whitetail, on the other hand, mm-hmm. they don't care. They do great. Right. They can live almost anywhere. Uh, most mule deer, yes, you're always going to have those town deer that they get, you know, habituated to, to people. But most mule deer need lots of habitat and wide open spaces. And it's why, um, for the most part, mule deer don't do well in very small um, deer growing ranches, but whitetail can do okay. Right, right. So that actually leads me to another hot take kind of to let's, let's build off this hot take on another hot take is, and that is inviting others to, to hunt, you know, to encourage other people to become hunters. And, and, you know, a hot take is we shouldn't be, you know, introducing people into the hunting world because they're taking our tags and they're taking our, (laughs) our, 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 my secret hunting spot that you never knew about and things like that. What's your, what's your take on that? Do you feel like that uh, because of this, this thought, this hot take you have on on mule deer and the impact that it, that's that we have on it right now, or the, the impact on mule deer right now, should we not p- invite people or introduce people into hunting? So this is my take on that. Um, I everybody, and they're lying if they tell you this. Everybody would love <laughs> to go somewhere in the into the wild, wherever that place may be, and be mostly alone. There, there's something about. Oh, an untouched area, right? Everybody enjoys that. Mm-hmm. Um, my counterpoint to what you're saying, or or my argument is, I'm fine with new hunters being recruited. I really am. It, it keeps us. It keeps the the sport strong. It keeps us able to fight in political battles because, unfortunately, wildlife management has become political. Yep. Um. If you were going to argue for the other point where we don't need to invite as many people and we need to restrict, you know, and, and hide and keep our places, then I have one or two counter things that need to happen. If you're going to do that one hunters are going to have to crack open that checkbook a lot more than they do. Don't get me wrong. Everybody pays to play, but if you're not going to recruit more people, it takes money to grease the wheels of this whole mechanism. And you're either going to have to pay more, and secondarily, you're the the minority of hunters is going to have to do a much much better job at being really really loud yep. politically. Um, we do a really bad job of that's not my state, that's not my problem, I don't care, it's not the species I hunt, whatever the case may be, and we shut up. Yep. Um, and, and it's partially um, the political machines issue too uh these people making these decisions have made themselves um hard to get a hold of to an extent you know you can't pick up the phone and talk directly to your congressman and call him every name you want (laughs) can't (laughs) but i thought we could do that (laughs) you can try you're gonna get some uh what do they call them why why did my brain just die um an intern and you're gonna yell at some intern that's not gonna tell him anything yeah yeah um and so because of the whole machine, it's made it hard to get a hold of them. But but that's what I'm saying. If, if you are on that side of, yeah, I don't think we need to recruit many people because all my hunting spots are taken, which, hey, I think probably every hunter here can be like, I had a pristine spot. And just because of happenstance or you can, I've heard guys blame it on Onyx. I've heard guys blame it on the division advertising their hunting unit, whatever the case may be. If you want to restrict it and keep it to yourself, then you have to pay a lot more money because with less people, they still need to generate a certain amount of money, which means it's going to come back on us. And you have to be a heck of a lot louder politically. Yeah. If you've got a bunch of people, you don't have to be as loud. But if you've got a lesser amount of people, you're going to have to get real loud when it comes to something you don't like. Yeah. And that's my thing is there really is strength in numbers, you know, and when it comes to look, like you said, it's become political and like everything in this world. I mean, I work in the healthcare industry and yep. heaven knows that's uh that's all political now but you know it doesn't matter what it is everything is political you can't even watch the nba finals without getting political that, that's how it is and so to yep. to be successful and it's sad to say it but really to be successful in the political world is it, strength in numbers and so the more people that are involved in it the more you can push our agenda versus those other people's agenda yep. and, and like you said it takes money to do that as well and so the strength in numbers comes with also a bigger pocketbook with those numbers and so yeah to fight it and then you know going back to your original hot take of 
mule deer and what that's going to look like. And, and, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it's already happening, Seth. You know, we're already seeing that yep. here in Utah, like to get a, to get an archery or not an archery, a rifle tag for the general art, general rifle hunt. Compare that to when, even when you and I were kids, how much different oh, it yeah. is now than then. I, I used to go down to the <clears throat> Hearst Ben Franklin and buy a tag and it was no big okay, deal, you, go. you know, but uh, yep. now it's, it's yep. taking several points and that's just going to get, harder and harder and worse and worse or however you want to look at it each and every episode of the wild west extravaganza we delve into the fascinating and often tumultuous world of the american old west from famous outlaws like billy the kid and jesse james to lawmen like Wyatt Earp, wild bill hickok even trailblazing pioneers and frontiersmen this podcast tells the true stories of the real life characters who shaped this iconic period of american history to saddle up and discover the true history of the American frontier. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's a journey you don't want to miss. The Wild West Extravaganza. Wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, and you, you see it every year. You, you see these guys on social media complaining. Man, I had three points. I didn't draw a rifle tag. This is a mess. Blah, 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 blah. But they don't. And this will kind of segue into a, another's one of my hot takes they don't do any research as to why this is happening and they miss things like especially in our home state of utah last year in the fall of last year right when everybody's hunting they released a a kind of an update on the mule deer hunting plan and what was going on with it and and they said right in there by 2030 so in seven years the average deer hunter this is across everything rifle muzzleloader uh you know the average deer hunter will be waiting seven years to draw a general season deer tag. That's silly. That is so and, silly. And so that's, there's multiple reasons for that, right? Deer populations falling, uh, hunter populations either climbing or staying the same. Mm -hmm. But as deer population goes down, there's only so much of the species you can take off the landscape. And they, they, they don't research and they're like, well, this, I'm like, guys, it's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse unless we do something drastic, which I, I don't know if there's, I don't true, truly know if there's something we can do that will bring us back to 500,000 deer in the state or wherever pick, pick your state, uh, Nevada, you know, now all of a sudden there's 350,000 deer in the state it, there. I just don't know if, if there's something we, we can do because of, there's so many things working against them, and that is an unstoppable machine in regards when it comes to human growth and human expansion and development. Yeah. And, no, I... and to spin off of that, because we kind of got onto my next hot take, is that hunters in general are kind of their own worst enemy in a lot of ways. Uh, one of them that we just talked about is research. They don't research. They put in, they don't draw, or they don't you know, get their permit that they want. And then they lash out instead of, and I hate to say this because it's my, you know, my brotherhood here, but they don't research. And then they lash out at the people that are in control of the tags and blame them instead of looking at why the things are happening and understanding it. Yeah, um, It's easier to be mad and upset and just yell at somebody than to do the work. And I, I get that to an extent, but, but that's some of that. Um, you also see it in what we kind of talked about with political things. They don't stay up to date with what's happening in their home state or they're not in a united front in certain situations. And sometimes it doesn't matter because I can tell you right now, predominantly, I would bet what tear 90 percent of the, the hunters in Colorado voted against the wolf bill. Right. And it still yep. passed. It yep. still passed. So sometimes it doesn't matter. And it's not a shot at everybody. Sometimes we're united. Sometimes we're not, though. Uh, I Not a single person gave. I'm just going to say it. Not a single person gave two shits what <laughs> the New Jersey bear ban when it happened. Oh, yeah. They didn't care yeah. at all. They're like, well, it ain't my state. That's right. some eastern state. Yep. Well, that's how it happened. It, it, this is why we're our own worst enemy. Those New Jersey guys, say they were gung-ho about supporting someone else. Well, now, say they're a big-time bear hunter and they've lost their hunt. Why are they ever going to come to the defense of a moose hunter in Vermont or a uh, whatever a yeah. dove hunter in virginia or wherever the case may be you you've yeah. alienated that hunter because when he needed help 
us as a country of hunters didn't fight back against that. Would it have mattered? Who knows? But they sure but they didn't sh- get any help. Exactly. You got to at least and, try. And, and that's where you're seeing these these issues. And it's great. They, like the organization, organization Howl for Wildlife, awesome. It, it's needed. It, it puts Hunter's spear point in the right direction. It amplifies that pressure. But it needs to be from everybody. It doesn't need to be one organization doing all the legwork, right? They're right. an awesome group of guys. They do a great job of keeping people across the globe. If you go on their website right now, they've got a archery hunting ban in South Africa that they're fighting against. Yep. They've got two Canadian uh, weapon bans and uh, wolf hunting ban. They're fighting. There, There's tons of stuff. They're a great company, but hunters in general have to be more unified and, and stop being their own worst enemy and not caring about a species just because you either don't hunt it or you hate it. Yeah. Right. Uh, we saw it with the mountain lion. That's what I was and, just thinking the Utah mountain lion. Yeah. Yep. Me and you were both kind of like, you know what? I'm, I'm a little more pro mountain lion. I think than you are, but you were to an extent pro on that, but you felt the same way I did that. They passed it the wrong way. It was exactly. a political measure. And just because those hunters that were like, yeah, kill all the mountain lions got what they wanted. They should have been way more upset with the way it was passed. Yep. Because the next time, maybe it's the species you like to hunt. Exactly. But that goes and, back to being in tune and, and being up to the speed with everything that's going on. You know, like a lot of people right. just saw that, of, uh, you know, for what the headline says. And I know a lot of yep. people read our articles. Well, they'll, yep. they'll read the headline of our articles and they won't read the actual meat yep. of it. And, and you don't get the story yep. from the, the, the headline or the title of it. And, you know, we don't even do like clickbait type titles for the right. most part. Sometimes you do, but so for the most part, once, we, we don't. Once in a while I have to, because if not, they're not going to click it. Exactly. <laughs> they, but, they read the, they read the title and I love our readers and some of them do a great job, but a lot of the time they don't even read it. They yep. read the title and they comment a bunch of garbage. And I know that they haven't read the article because that stuff's covered in there. Yep. And they didn't, Take the time to read it. And the thing is, you know this, our articles are not long. Exactly. They, and most aren't. average take you two, two to five minutes to read. Two to five minutes. Yep. And it gives you enough info that if you're interested, you can go forward or you don't have to. But I have time. You can't even get people to read a five minute article. <laughs> but look at <laughs> now, but it's look becoming at, a, now it's becoming a complaint, <laughs> a complaint session. But <laughs> but it it truly is. You don't have to read us. I'm not saying you have to read eHunter to be informed. What I'm saying is, as as a hunting population, you guys, we we, and I'm guilty of it too. We have to be more concerned about what's happening everywhere. Yeah. Um, because it matters. Like, if you think African animals are cool, well, then you better be involved in Africa. Because I can tell you right now, you want to talk about a wildlife system that is teetering on the verge of crashing and burning it is right there because it relies on wealthy europeans and i shouldn't say wealthy but it require it relies on europeans and americans to funnel money into those systems to keep those animals alive because almost all that land is privately owned and they are essentially ranches mm-hmm. if you, those ranchers don't make any money on native wildlife what are they going to do and we've wrote an article on this they're going to kill all the native wildlife because they're eating what their cattle can eat and they'll make more money on cap. Yep. So if you like all these exotic African, you know, very unique, awesome species, you should be paying attention to what's going on there. And it, it's hard. I get it. it. It You don't maybe don't want it to take up your whole life. And maybe you're the kind of guy that's like, I don't care. I get my deer tag. I go shoot a deer every year and I go home. I don't hunt anything else. Well, one day that could be in jeopardy because we're so disunified and arguing about, well, I don't like you because you, you bear hunt and I don't like bears because they eat my deer or <laughs> whatever the case may be. We have to at least understand, you know what? Great. Like Taryn said a couple episodes ago, I love that the guys waterfowl hunt and don't, and that's their passion because it leaves me the ability to big game hunt or exactly. whatever the case may be. Houndsmen going and chasing lions. We love that that's your passion because if you all did the same thing, It'd be even harder to get tags. It'd be even harder to to go into the wilderness and hunt at the, you know, if everybody hunted at the exact same time. So, yeah, I mean, 
and this, you know, we're talking about hunting, but really it's with everything. You know, if you look at any kind of, I, I don't know, information that's out there, yep. you know, like, like as you were talking, I was thinking about like, I don't know if you're uh, what kind of news guy you are, but like think about like Fox News. If you ever go mm-hmm. on their like their app and read their news, uh, their articles are right. short and to the point. It's really just getting the information out there to people. And so if you if right. you can get out there and read it, I know you said not to read it or that you don't have to read E Hunter. Yes, you do have to read E Hunter. But <laughs> get on there. I didn't want and, it to be that big of a sales pitch. Oh, I would you, really appreciate if you read the articles, but <laughs> I, I don't want it to come across as we're calling you stupid because you don't read E Hunter. We're just saying read e hunter read somewhere else if you don't believe what we're saying go go look at other sources there's plenty of sources out there yeah um and get where you feel like you should be on things and we're not saying blindly follow what e hunter tells you be a skeptic look around figure things out but when it comes to things that are you know blatantly attacking hunting we should be in against that in, in whatever the case may be i mean there's there's stuff in the background swirling that they want to ban any kind of hunting with a dog because they say it's animal abuse on the dog. It's animal abuse on the animal. Will it pass? Probably not. Who knows? But look at what Oregon's dealing with. Yeah. That, that, that thing. I don't, I don't know. See, a lot of people I just said, up, a lot of people just but, said to themselves, what's going on in Oregon? Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I heard it too. Like, Oh, weirdos. So they'll never get it passed. But what if they did? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like th- these are the things that, that you can be like, ha 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 funny joke. But, Sooner or later, what if it passes? Exactly. And then we didn't fight enough. We didn't make our voices heard for those people in Oregon. They're done. You've got a whole generation of hunting that can't do anything. They're they're going to be either non-resident hunters, they're going to move, or a lot of people can't move. They're stuck in a state where they don't get to do what they enjoy because they didn't get the support from elsewhere. Exactly. I'd hate that. I'd I'd hate that if it happened, say, here in, in Utah. Oh, if man. Something like that happened, I, I wouldn't know what to do. I, I literally would try everything I could to get out of the state and go somewhere else so that I could hunt on the weekends and do what I wanted to do. Yeah. But honestly, that's a hot take in and of itself of, of what are these, what is coming to Utah uh, and, or right. Wyoming or right. Nevada or call, or, you know, look at Colorado, look how much has yep. changed in Colorado over the last 10 years because mm-hmm. of what the politics in that state has done versus right. a Wyoming or Utah. And, and so what does that look like in the next 10 to 20, 20 years for Utah are some of those policies going to start working its way into Utah absolutely we're already seeing it we're seeing it with tons of stuff that we thought oh this will you know I remember the shed hunting you know when they came out in Colorado that oh you're you can't shed hunt until May 1st and I remember all the people in Utah I lived in Colorado at the time all the people in Utah are like oh yeah that's the sucks to be you you live in that that color of state and you know that's why you that's why it's happening and it's never going to happen to us in Utah because of who we are and, you know, who the kind of people that live here. And well, that'll never nothing. pass here. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, guess what happens this year? Well, guess what? May 1st, you can't you can't go shed hunting until May 1st. And so, yep. you know, that's a again, that's kind of a hot take in and of itself that right. who knows what the next 10 to 20 years is going to look like uh, for some of these states that we thought would never change. I, I can tell you it's going to change. I mean, we're seeing it right before our eyes right now. So yeah. it's, it's really scary for Colorado. I think, I think if Colorado wasn't such a over the counter elk destination, you would see that state's hunting in big time jeopardy. Mm-hmm. The only reason that that works right now is the wildlife department has a fat stack of money from that over the counter elk hunting to look at that governor and say hey hey, and the legislature we make a lot of money we have to keep this going and that's mm-hmm. that's income for the state yeah i i think if they ever passed a law which you know there's some weird stuff going on with their non-resident thing they they are probably going to restrict non-resident tags next year yeah uh that's going to hurt them a lot like people don't realize how much stinking money colorado makes off non-resident hunters mm-hmm. um and it, it basically funds their their wildlife department. And if they change a bunch of stuff up, uh, I would be a little worried about that state and what, what happens going forward um, just because of the, some stuff that's already passed. We all know the wolf thing. And, and I'm you guys know I'm not wholly anti-wolf, but I am anti-political wolf where they force them in and there's no management plan on on the docket and there's no plan to ever move them off the endangered species list and things like that. Right. So. 
Well, let's move to a, another hot take. Um, otherwise, we're going to be on this podcast for a really long time. This is going to turn into a Joe Rogan podcast before too long. We're going to be sitting here for three hours talking, and I guess we're only just 30 minutes into this. But uh, be prepared, everybody. This might You might want to look at the timestamp at the bottom, see what we actually get to. But I'm kidding. <laughs> Stick around. It's going to be all right. Um, I want to do this the, the one that you and I were talking about that I was thinking of, which is the, uh, the shed hunting. And that okay. is the, the shed hunting has been ruined. Uh, by it just really becoming a business. You know, back in the day, we'd go shed hunting, and it was really just to collect really cool antlers. You know, it just, yep. you couldn't, you know, sometimes you, you you only had so many tags, but yet you could go shed hunting, you could pick up a set of antlers, and cool, you've got that, basically that set, you could put on a Euro mount and, and really make it look cool, hang it up in your house, whatever, and, you know, that's what a lot of us used to do. And and nowadays, it's not really that case, and not the case. Uh, in fact, a lot of people, if you find really big sets of antlers, you're, you're really torn because either you, you know, oh, I'd love to keep this and put it on the wall and talk to people about it and, you know, whatnot, but I can also make a lot of money selling those antlers. And so shed hunting is, has really kind of been ruined by the fact that shed hunting is now a business because you get a certain dollar amount for the weight of a, of a shed antler. And, and now it's, it's okay, well, how much weight do you get you know it's not about how cool this the shed antler looks it's just right. how much how much weight is it how much money are you going to make and there's people making a living at least i think they are they make it sound like they are and i've talked to them as i've this is sad this is like hypocritical here selling my antlers to these these people you know that's what they they, yep. they make a living doing it and so yep. i i feel like that shed hunting you know i guess i shouldn't say i feel like it again this is a hot take of it you know shed hunting really does look very different nowadays than than what it used to at least the the goal of it looks very different well you you sell those shed antlers like you said you know saying hypocritical but you sell those shed antlers because that's what you do now there's very very few people that keep a set of sheds they contact that shed buyer and they go, yeah get them out of here i don't care i just want the money yeah and it it's a victim of its own success because the, the income, especially on elk, where there's a lot of weight involved there, I mean, you, I've talked about this before, you, anymore, you know, back, back in the, the day, uh, you shed hunted, and then you deer and elk hunted, and when you deer and elk hunted, you might see a shed, but you didn't pick it up, you're, you're carrying gear, you're hunting that animal, unless it's <laughs> an, an extraordinary shed, right, unless it's right. a great big shed. Can you imagine somebody um, not picking it up today? <laughs> oh, and that's, and that's what I'm saying, nowadays, everyone. Deer shed, I'd do it now. I'll be yeah. deer hunting, be like, hey, that's a two point deer shed. It's coming back with me. Yep. You know what I mean? Eventually, that'll be added to the pile, and maybe I'll sell it. And, you know, um, I have a few that I won't sell. There's a couple sentimental ones, some big ones, but I've sold a bunch last year, you know? Yep. Um, and it's because of the money involved. But I, I do feel those days of, you know, there were days when I was a kid, 15, 16 years old, we'd go for a weekend, we'd have 25, 30 horns. Uh, just laying out in the field yeah. nowadays. I mean, there's, there's oh. guys that do it. Don't get me wrong. There's diehards, but, but for the average guy that, that, you know, has a lot of stuff on the go, um, family, kid, wife, it's hard to get people out and in a line to even find a couple because right. they're going to pick them up. They're going to sell them. They're going to, you know, and it's, it's fine. It's a, it's a free country. They can do whatever they want, right. but that is, that is a, a real problem with shed hunting. And then I, I feel like some guys that I've known for a long time that are diehard diehard shed hunters are are starting to fall away from shed hunting because they're so sick and tired of every spot they go to, whether it's an old spot or a new spot. There's fresh boot tracks on the ground. Mm -hmm. All the sheds are gone. Not all. You're never going to get them all, but the large majority of the sheds are gone, and and they're frustrated. Where man, I just did this for fun. You know, I sell them on the side. And now I'm, you know, essentially in their mind, I'm wasting a ton of money just to hike in the woods. I'm not finding anything. Uh, and whether that's maybe that's a, a psychological thing, but I, I understand. Uh, I get that because last weekend we, we walked 30 some odd miles and we didn't pick up a single brown elk shit. You know what I mean? Like yep. in the old days, I would have I would have had four or five, six. You well, know, and bring it, back, and it's crazy. Like you know, you think it's not there anymore because it, shed hunting has become. 
Yeah, dude, you're cutting out like crazy. Oh, so hopefully everybody you? everybody can hear you. But you know, I was gonna say like, sorry, it's it's crazy. Like you know, like you think about like Antelope Island. I I did a podcast with a, a friend of mine a while back. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it's still on that people can go find um, with Jason Segmiller. And uh, you know, we talked about like Antelope Island and and shed hunting on Antelope Island, and and yeah. the uh, almost the business like feel because you've got to go into a lottery to even get a the pass to go on to Antelope Island to shed hunt. You know, uh, it's just it's crazy what shed hunting has has become versus and when it's we only were kids and it's only one day, it's only one day. Yeah, and only, a lot of the people and a lot of people I know that it's not they're not that successful. Like they'll find a few, but there's always that possibility of finding a true monster set of sheds, which is why they they played the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just looks very very different than than what it it used to and like you said you used to be out deer hunting and you'd find quite a few sheds but, but you're right you wouldn't pick them up because i mean you'd look at them like this is cool i, I remember yep. picking up like a, a two or three point like oh it's a cool antler you throw it down and yeah. or you give it to your dog and let him chew on it or, or whatever you know it wasn't a, a really big <laughs> deal and now you come across a two or three point you're like dude i gotta take this home i'm gonna put this to the pot in the pile and you know it, money adds up yep exactly so, you know, uh, really another hot take on, on shed hunting is what shed hunting is going to look like in a, in years to come, you know, like the, so with this change and, and with this, you know, this draw for everybody to be out there shed hunting, you know, there, there's, like you said, there's boot tracks everywhere. There's everybody's on the mountain looking for, for sheds. And so now the, the politics are, are coming into it and we kind of already talked about it, like with Colorado and Utah and some of these other states issuing this, this regulation that you can't shed hunt before may 1st and and so now people are getting cited for it and uh gosh saw things where it looked like dwr agents were trying to to spike <laughs> antlers out there to mm-hmm. catch people shed hunting which is just yep. asinine yep. to me yep. um but anyways so looking at shed hunting again 10 20 years down the road like what's it going to be like for my kids when they're they're shed hunting uh the regulations that are going to be associated with it and how much they're, how much money the government's going to try and make off of shed hunting and you know what else what else is going to come and it's amazing a simple thing of picking up a shed antler on the ground and, and how much it can be politicized and then how much it can be regulated and it's just it's amazing to me uh what it looks like now and what it's going to look like you know what it looked like 10 years ago and what it's going to look like in 10 years from now it, it's it's kind of scary right. actually well and the government has proven over and over again, they only need like two or three bad instances and they'll, they'll shut it down completely. Yeah. You get guys that say, and I I know this is an extreme, but with the value behind some of this stuff, say some guys get into a fight and and one of them accidentally falls down, gets hurt and dies. Uh, You have an incident like that. That's going to be brought to the forefront. Legislature's going to get involved. Be like, why are we doing this? We lost a life over a, a piece of bone uh-huh. and then all of a sudden it's closed. You can't pick them up at all. Right. Uh, yeah, and you're like, Oh, that's extreme. Well, I mean, that's the truth though. I mean, it can all it takes guys. I mean, yep. it's all it takes. And it, I don't know. It, it's a scary prospect because you just don't know when, when there's that much value associated with it, when several people can make, you know, a living for their families off of it, it it's money. You know, yep. it's, it's no different to them. You know, it's not theirs, but, Maybe in the, in some of these guys' minds, well, that's my shed. You're stealing food from my children. Right. You know, that's an extreme take, but well, but it's you don't it's, know. It's the truth. I mean, there's there's guys right. out there making a living off of finding sheds, and so you know, right. like if I go out there and, and take that shed, well, does it take food off my family's table? No, but no. are there people out there that it is? Absolutely. So then it becomes pretty cutthroat. Yeah. It's almost like, you know. Mm-hmm. The sales in the business world or, or whatever it's 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 a dog yep. eat dog world and yeah you can there, there's some crazy things that that could and, and probably will happen in the future over a, a stupid bone sitting on the ground yep. but it's because it's it's become a business and there's a monetary value tied to it and it's just yep. changed the landscape of, of what shed hunting used to be you know maybe maybe someday uh Deer and elk antler dog chews fall out of popularity and the Asian market dies and it goes back to nobody cares because there's no money involved. You're always going to have those guys that just enjoyed 
the process and they're going to go looking, but maybe Absolutely. it falls apart. We don't know. You know, it could, it could fall apart. I, I don't see it doing that, but you never oh, know. Maybe Trump gets in and, uh, and then we don't do any more uh, imports from, uh, from China. And then, you know, we don't send them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, <laughs> we, yeah, we, we don't export them and we don't import the dog chew toys. So now it's the, the business is gone. So no, somebody, somebody in America, <laughs> Somebody in America would be like, there's value here. Let's make something oh, out of it. for them. sure. I'm surprised somebody <laughs> hasn't already. My gosh. There you go. There's your next business idea, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, that was the, the rumor, right? That the, the mm -hmm. bucked up was the bucked up energy company or whatever was crushing up deer bone and putting it in there. Yeah. That's why it works so well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that's right. awesome. Well, we, like I said, we could talk all night long about different uh, hot takes out there, but we'd love to hear from you guys as well. What are some of the hot takes that uh, that you're seeing out there you think are going to happen that uh, you feel like that, that need to be addressed? We'd love to address them in a hot takes 2.0 or 3.0 or 4.0. Hey, who knows? This, this thing could go on forever. Um, love to address them, those, those hot takes, and we'd love to have some people on talking about them as well. If you feel passionate about some of these, uh, we'd love to have you on and, and chat with you about them. Uh, don't be afraid to to reach out to us and, and let us know. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the hot takes that, that we discussed today. And and this the crazy thing about it is, you know, like a hot take, that there's, there's a bit of truth there of, of things that are happening. And so, you know, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but go back to just staying, you know, involved and up to speed on on what's going on in the world around you because uh that's uh that's what's what that's the world the, the world around us so seth before we go um you want to go let's, should we give that uh that onyx membership away yep let's do it all right well how are we gonna how do we want to give it away i'm gonna leave this one up to you hmm how about this we'll give them we'll give them a special code and if they put it in the comments of the social media, uh, they'll be entered to draw and win it. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Okay, so let's see. How about just hot take? Mm, I think or is that's that too easy? easy. People okay. might get it. So nice. let's let's do. Let's do. Got to make it. Um, how about E H T three digit code E H T E H T. E Hunter hot takes. All right, E Hunter <laughs> hot takes. E H T. So put that in the comments, yeah. and everybody that puts it in the comments will do a random draw and give away not just any membership to to Onyx, not just a premium, but we'll give away an, nope. an elite membership to Onyx. Probably get a sticker and maybe a couple stickers and, and stuff like that with it too. So uh, we appreciate Onyx and their support of us. Uh, great people over there. Look look forward to that podcast with them coming out here pretty soon as well uh, so we can keep you guys up to speed with uh, everything that's going on with, with Onyx. But sure appreciate them for, for keeping this uh, this train rolling. So, all right, guys, we appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you listening to the podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, all those fun things. Those help us out so much. You have no idea how much they help us, especially if you guys would rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you listen on. That would be huge for us. So, all right, guys, we'll let you go, and we'll uh, we'll see you on the next one. See you guys. <laughs>